they are actually freedom. Every description of membership, donation, or just check out the free love are very much appreciated. Thank you. You can here at the Living Water Chapel pages there, the Naked Truth pages there, or even my co chronicle pages there. It's a fuller idea, a picture of what like me is like beyond well, beyond just the sexual, like many people um, think that there is to us people trans people or people or beyond the genders, um to give you a fuller idea. So that's what we do here to take care of the spiritual sense. And it's by the chapter by chapter, verse by verse, teachings of Christ. So like I know a lot of you are gonna be lost right there. So enjoy the movies. For the rest of you that do know or are interested in that side, you can get your Bible and read like just let's kind of pick up where we left off in the book of Mark. Um six is where we left off and what happened Jesus sent out his disciples um, to start um, so to the towns where they were going to go to sort of warm up. And um, also what happened in chapter six, we saw where John the Baptist was imprisoned and uh, and beheaded because um, a, a guy, the emperor, the area lusted for his uh, his step and, and that's what he got. Oh, that's what happened in chapter 6, among other things. We're going to pick up at chapter 7 of Mark, uh, verse 1. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together. So the religious are coming up to Jesus and generally confront him about everything. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. So, um, this is like coronavirus washing things where you're supposed to wash your hands. Diseases from spreading. Something you really should have been doing all along. Anyway. Um, um, this is um, plans. Um, so hands before you eat. Um, and there's all, he's going to get into it further. But if you look back in the Old Testament, um, there's the book of Leviticus where all sorts of different do and customs follow um, to religiously as part of your ceremony. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. That lets you know where it's a tradition that's been. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat, they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. So it's the ceremonial nature of it that they're passing down to each other. This is dishwashing or hand washing. This is uh, a ceremonial type ritual thing. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked why washed hands. Why are you breaking this tradition that's being passed down? He answered and said to them, well, Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. Hear to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me and in vain. They worship me, teaching as so the whole point and purpose Christianity because it's an offense to God. It's an offense to Jesus. It makes it very clear. It's an offense when you hold up what people tell you is the righteous and do rather than what Jesus went telling you, preaching to us, coming here to let us know what he considers to be right and holy and righteous. So um their traditions that they preached and goes back to the preachings of Paul in the New Testament. But Jesus is teaching it all because he wasn't one of Christ's disciples for one thing, and you don't see in proof of that 
any red letter teachings beyond the acts. And definitely won't see you of quotes here and any sort of giving Christ words to any of the audience. They didn't go on to preach teachings other than these words in the gospel. Otherwise, you would see there Jesus actually had to say about things. Instead, what you see are different people's opinions and preachings on what, what God would have you know doing. Came here to tell to do and replacing with what they believe is holy and righteous, and Jesus letting you know that's highly offensive. That's what you should not do. And um, he calls it hypocrisy, which is what it is. And America is very extremely guilty of this, and has been for centuries, all the way back to using Paul's doctrines, slave being their. That's some BS. That's not something Christ taught. It was used. A whole race of people and began the slave patrols, which led to the police patrols, which led to George Floyd. So it's the history of it. If you don't believe me, like I said it's doing a search, but it's it's how it all went, and it's the same thing that Jesus is pointing to as abominable. It's not right what should be happening. Until you reject the commandment of God, you may keep your tradition. So he's saying you readily reject what Jesus has. You don't pay attention on subjects, but if you do it for the sake of holding tradition of church, what your church taught you, you should be doing and saying specifically over that um, he doesn't want us to use vain repetition. We went over that in the last reading, so it had to be either Matthew or Mark chapter 6. Don't use those vain repetitions. And yet, churches that will tell you to go and repent, to make up for your sin or whatever it is you did. It and say I'm blah, whatever it is, the blank. He lets you know very clearly that's not. in fact, he tells you that's what you should not do. And yet, there are churches that preach that, and there are people who follow that preaching their own uh, detriment. It's terrible. It's all, and I know you're not a believer, all this makes no sense. If you are a believer, a believer in God, and particularly, then it should try to ring some bell of truth to you to know. People tell you the ritualistic things that they have nothing to do with what Jesus have you do and have you do in approaching him and um, honoring him. But you say if a man says, oh, I skipped one, sorry. And he says them all too well. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses his father and mother, let him be put to death. So now Jesus is doing something he often confronted by the leaders. He's using, he's using their own teachings, their own doctrine, generally what we refer to as the Old Testament, even though like I said before it wasn't called at the time because the Bible had been compiled like 1611. So, And this was 1600 years before that. So that's referring to what we call the Old Testament. That's what they preach. And he, as an example, he's not affirming necessarily, but he's letting them know, according to you, this is what you hold is holy. This is what you that you're supposed to honor your, and if you curse your father or mother, you should be put to death. And he's just like the book of Exodus, where that is given. Um, well, he's doing that again, so that he as a point of reference for them. But you say his father or mother, whatever prophet you have received is Corbin, that is dedicated to the temple. So he's saying how churches even nowadays have the habit of instead of tending to the making sure you're taken care of, making sure your parents are doing as much for your parents as you can um, as far as respecting their livelihood and their well-being. He's saying you overlook doing that and say, no, don't 
listen to your parents. Don't make sure they're okay. Give the money. Give the church your money. Give the holy, the temple your money. Have a special name. They call it Corbin. Now I know on TV now, and even in churches, will tell you it's tithes and offerings. But Jesus is saying here, you're also supposed to make sure your parents are okay. That's what you're supposed to do. But you'll neglect that in order to please your church because only you give to them. And he's saying, and you don't let him do anything for his father or his mother. It's a super have you take the food out of your parents' mouth even if it means making sure that you give that much. Of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down, and many such things you do. And again, this goes to the whole point of red letter Christianity, where Jesus should get the last word on anything because that's what he came for. He came to bring us his message, bring us words, let us know what it is God will have us know as far as everything we need to our soul. So take someone else's preachings and teachings and word and frankly to try and live by what standards you should try to meet when those things aren't what God's telling you to do. Jesus brought us the words that's what we should use and what to do. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's saying, when you do that, you're making void the word of God. You're making the word of God mean nothing. You're so dedicated to doing what your church or what your own heart or what you believe to be the right thing to do, even down to neglecting your parents, not giving, making sure they're or whatever it is you're dedicating to the church, and instead giving to the church what God would have you do. But He's made it very clear, and there are you to honor. That's one of the big ten. Um, so um, you know, it's not a good thing. One is ears. The oh, it's a skip one. Sorry. Uh, when He had called all. To, to him, he said to them, hear me, understand. So this is something Jesus is trying to make a known plan to everyone, anyone will multitude to make sure they get this message. There's nothing that things out of them, those are the things that defile a man. So that's very plain and simple. And the word nothing is an absolute. It lets you know there is nothing that enters a man from outside. And you, that can be taken in so many It's going to it's going to follow your diet, the different foods you eat, and how that can, how it's believed thing to follow your. But you it's it, you can't limit what Jesus has to say about things. Or, and you also can't just put what you think it's um, in his man's mouth. So that lets you know enters a man. That could include other things, toys, adult toys that people like. You may not want to think about it, but Jesus is saying there's nothing to man from outside, nothing that can defile you. So those things that you put in your body, in your mouth, in you, whatever he's saying, that's not you. No matter how people may think, oh, that's sinful, oh, that's water, it's head food. And he didn't. And he didn't. And if you meant your stomach, he didn't. And in fact, he's going to go on to give us more examples and use the stomach. So don't limit what Jesus had to say. He's letting you know those things are spiritual. Those have nothing to do with your salvation. And that those things won't actually define you at all. Anyone has ears to hear it, let him hear. He's saying, go ahead and hear it. Go ahead and hear it. But if you feel better holding on to some dog that someone else has talked to, or you personally believe, free to do that. 
But Jesus is giving you the option to set yourself free with his own team. That there's nothing that enters you from outside. And that means just toys either. Other people can enter you. I do it myself to people pretty regularly. But you know, those are the things that are not going to defile you. There's nothing there's a man from outside which can defile you. makes it very clear. And when he had entered a house away from the crowd, people asked him concerning the parable. So, um, it's the right saying that it's a parable. Jesus didn't actually give any parable other than in the sense of an analogy, he did do that, where he let them know that um, they're holding on the tradition um, is what's abominable as far as, as far as soul salvation and sin, that sort of thing. He has to with their hands, but he's going to make it clear. So he said to them, are us with understanding also do you perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? So he says he makes it very clear there again that um he's sort of disappointed that even the disciples walking with him and hearing him and seeing the miracles are still they've come to him asking for clarity. So he's gonna make it clear um that nothing that enters a person from that enters a man from outside can defile him. And so in this He's going to say it. it's because they talked, they were, they started with the, the religious people coming at Jesus about in their hands before they eat and how that's defiled. And he's told them now this is like the second time or so that if you think that you've that's still not going to defile you because it does not, but it is foods. My Bible says that the thus purifying all foods parts. Um, but it doesn't negate the meaning of what he's emptying in your stomach. It's not going to uh, defile you because it's going to you and be eliminated. I know there are different religions, and even, and again, this is why Christian, for a Christian, is if you're going to try the Bible, there's a whole what you can eat, cannot eat, should eat, should eat, or as offenses. So um, the same thing can be said of homosexuality in the Old Testament, the same in the Old Testament. So there are lots of abominations listed in the Old Testament and particularly all the Old Testament of Christian self in a quandary. You're not going to know, well, do I go by the Old Testament, what it says there about food? And this is the same yesterday, today, and we're clearly, because if in the Old Testament you're given all those orders not to eat this, don't eat that, even touch this, that abomination, if you're given all those orders in such detail in the Old Testament and you're going to believe that that's God Giving also God changes them because here God Jesus are believed to be the Lord selling us that's not going to affect at all. So there are contradictions in the Bible, no matter how you may want to avoid. If you're going to again, if you're going to call yourself Christian, find build a foundation. Why not build it on what Christ and what Christ has to say is that nothing that enters from outside will defile him, and what's been added. Um, any text reads with uh, so it's that certain texts of different Bibles will leave out that last part about and um so even without having to say that Jesus has already said whatever you eat it's not gonna defile you because it's in your stomach it's gonna pass through you nothing to do with your soul salvation and he said what comes out of a man that defiles he's not talking about your number two He's talking about in your mouth. That's an abomination. If it's shellfish like lobster, that's an abomination. Whether it's homosexuality, 
and what you may put in your mouth in there in the box, that's also an abomination. Nobody Old Testament. have a hard time trying to live the old you're going to call yourself a Christian because this is very making it clear here nothing that goes into your mouth. It's all you instead the things that come out of your mouth, the hateful, evil things you say and do. That's what um with your mouth. That's that's what uh will defile you. From from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. So Jesus is saying out of your mouth, the things you say with your mouth, you can proceed with evil things. And he lists them off, the adulteries, the fornications, the murders. When, um, and he lists them all as evil. And he's saying those are the things that come from your heart. So, again, that's judging the fruit, judging the tree by its fruit. If you have a heart full of good things, then that's what's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to hear good things come from that mouth. But if all you're hearing are lies and deceptions, distractions, denials, and uh, more lies on top of that, um, then that lets you know what's in that person's heart. Evil, dark things, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Jesus is calling all those things evil and horrible and that all those things live in the heart. And they're expressed through the things you say. You can ex you can see those things in the things people say, and it's real clear. I mean, even as a nation, we uh, the na the nation exalts pride, but Jesus listed here as an evil thing. That lets you know it may call yourself a Christian nation, but in reality, it's not Christian at all. You don't. It, this nation doesn't treat everyone the same. It doesn't treat everyone like it want to be treated at all. It just uses Christ as a banner. But in reality, it's it's not that way at all. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So Jesus is saying it's what's in your heart that's really going to defile you. Not the things you put in your stomach, but the things that come out of your heart. Expressed by the words you say and most likely your actions also. And from there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. So he's so popular now, he's um, got a following so much so that he can't discreetly enter that uh, place where he's headed. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, uh, for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard about him and she came and fell at his feet. So you have someone looking for help for their child who's de uh, demon possessed apparently. The woman was a Greek of Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. So it's um, pointing out to you that it's not someone who's a Judean. It's someone who's um, of mixed heritage, who's there asking, or basically a former foreigner, asking Jesus for help. Jesus said to her, uh, but Jesus said, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. So Jesus is saying, just like in a household, if you have food, you're going to prepare a table. You're going to prepare it for uh, the kids, the family to eat first. You're not going to make the dogs bowl first because um, that wouldn't be right. It'd be crazy to make a table for the kids and then feed the food, feed the food to the dog. Um, and she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Um, so she's saying, pleading, pleading her case, saying, 
yeah, that's true, Lord, you feed the kids first, but even little dogs, and he's and she's saying little dogs as far as an outsider or foreigner. And um I don't think Jesus meant it in the sense of her being a little dog or an offensive sense. I think he's strictly saying it in the parable analogous sense to let her know that just like if you were setting a table, you wouldn't feed the pets first. Although this generation of people value the life of dogs and animals much more than they value the life, certainly of black people, but of many human beings, like even you don't have to necessarily be black, homeless people, they'll step right over homeless people, but will run to a dog and make sure they're taken care of. And will fund funds um, agencies and charities for animals all day long. But when it comes to feeding people, it's suddenly uh, where are you going to get the money or pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No compassion at all for a fellow man, but plenty for the dog. That's this generation. But what's happening here with Jesus, he's letting her know that you wouldn't set a table and feed the pets first. You'd feed the people. And uh, But she's saying, yeah, you'll feed the people first. So, yeah, you'll feed the Israelites, the Jews who you've come here to preach the message to, to reach out to the lost tribes, basically. Um, but at the same time, while you're feeding them, the dogs, the foreigners can pick up some too and be fed by it too, is what she's saying to Jesus. And then he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon is gone out of your daughter. So she got her miracle by being diligent there, getting the relief that she was looking for, the spiritual relief she was looking for for her daughter by being persistent and diligent in this case. And we've seen other examples of other foreigners even, or different places getting different miracles. Sometimes Jesus will lay on hands, sometimes he'd just say a word. Um, sometimes he didn't have to do anything. Sometimes the person just had to make contact with him, like the woman who touched him on his clothing to get a miracle. So there's many different ways I think Jesus is letting us know to approach God and to get the results we're looking for, looking for from him. Don't be locked into whatever tradition it is that people have taught you to be um, the right way to get to God. Um, so anyway, the woman got her miracle for her child um, relief. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. So another thing to take from that is that Jesus didn't refute that it was a demon troubling the child. That lets you know that whether you want to believe it or not, there are evil spirits. There are demon spirits that are around in the world. And you, and they may not necessarily come like you think with horns and a tail and fiery red. They come in the form of people who have power to affect policy. And that's that's where you see a lot of the evil in the world now, where you'll see food being destroyed rather than distributed. And even though there's lots of hungry people in the world, it's sad. And it'll be done for money's sake or the wrong policy's sake. And all of that is set by you, by you either voting for it or not voting at all. That's like the minimum, the very edge of what you can do to help change things, uh, but also protesting. Uh, peacefully protesting and but even if you have the power in your hiring policies in your um recruitment policies and your teaching policies i can for example i just and then to move on even in the teaching policies i remember the last computer class i took the guest speaker was brought in who told us if we took his advice we'd be at the grand wizard level in no time and in case you don't know what the Grand Wizard is, that's like the head of the Ku Klux Klan. That's in 20, well, that was 29, this was a couple of years ago. But I let you know uh, that it's 
out there. And that devil, that evil that people will call the devil, but it's actually in your own heart. Just like Jesus said, all these evil things proceed from the heart. They don't necessarily need the devil to intervene and make it happen. Humans have plenty of evil in their heart already. And um, it manifests itself. And just like that, just out of his mouth, he said it just that quick. And no one in the class batted a lash. I was the only one who kind of picked up on it. I think the teacher did too, because I think they might, might both unfortunately be in the clan together, but God only knows. So, um, but anyway, the woman got her healing um, with her diligence and there are demons in the world. So Jesus is sort of affirming all of the above. And again, departing from the, that re from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus is on the move. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. So someone who needs the healing and this time basically stuttering or someone um, also deaf. So I've had friends like this, but um, basically someone with deaf and impediment in speech looking for healing. And he took him aside from the multitude put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. So this is an example of Jesus rather than just saying a word and causing the healing or um, just simply putting on a hand or um, someone's faith causing the healing. In this case, Jesus is going um, with something that seems a lot like what um, Wiccan religions do, witchcraft, basically, um, where they use roots and that sort of thing. I guess that's more voodoo than witchcraft, but... Um, different religions will believe in different things, preparations and stuff to bring about the different um, healings and miracles or results that it is they're looking for. And this is also in the Bible. If you look in the Old Testament, when one of the kings got sick, um, a prophet was sent to him. Um, I can't remember which one to be sure. I don't want to tell you the wrong one. Um, was sent to him and told to him, I think the king was Hezekiah though, maybe. But um, you could see there where it was told him to put a lump of figs on it to get the healing of what it was he was dealing with. Um, but at any rate, Jesus at this point is going through some extra things here of spitting and um, to, and taking the person aside. I, that's what he often does to, I think, signify to us that when we want to approach God with something that's on our heart, particularly healings, because usually when you want a healing, you're suffering and you really want it. He's saying, come aside by yourself. Um, approach God in that sense. Never, he always already tells us, don't be one of these public prayer people. Um, that's just for a show. He tells us, um, I think what he's saying here, come aside by yourself and pray earnestly. Approach God with an honest, truthful heart and just lay it on the line what you're dealing with um, and put all pretense aside. So, But anyway, he's taking him aside to do this and he's touched his tongue and spat and uh, then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. So um, he's probably sighing because this is something he's doing that's going to be misinterpreted, misunderstood. And he knows that and he sees that. But for whatever reason, that's the way he chose to do this healing. It might be even because at some point we'll understand some um, technology or means to do the same thing and bring about healing or relief for people with speech impediments or um, something. We don't, I don't know. But um, at any rate, Jesus says, be open when he did it. And immediately his ears were open and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. 
so he got the healing he was looking for. Just like that. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. So um, Jesus, um, I think in Jesus, he's saying, like, don't mention it. When you do something for someone and they say, thank you, thank you, thank you, and they're grateful for you, like, don't mention it. I think that's, sometimes I think that's what Jesus is saying. It's like, don't mention it, no big deal. Not even no big deal, but don't mention it. No need to go on and on and on about it, at least to him. Sure, tell other people. But in this case, he's telling them that they should tell no one, I think, because like it said, when he entered the town, there was already a massive crowd following him. And in other places, it's going to say he couldn't enter certain areas because the crowd following him was large. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying he's done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. So that lets us know that even though some people nowadays may call Jesus' miracles the magic tricks to deny his divinity or deny their own faith or whatever the case may be. That lets us know the people who actually witnessed it, who weren't on his side, who actually ended up crucifying him, even they couldn't deny the fact that he uh, performed those miracles. And they've been documented for us to last all these years. So believe what you want. And that actually ends this reading. I appreciate you checking it out. hope it was a blessing for you as always. And I hope you'll join me on our John and Luke Wednesdays and Revelations on Saturday night just after midnight sometime. We'll pick up where we left off there uh, early Sunday morning and our Madden Mark Mondays. Thanks again. Take care. Be safe. God bless. Peace.